Hello and welcome to the Albion Obsessed podcast. You join us on the back of a thrilling 4-1 victory at Goodison Park, where we made Everton look just a little bit silly. Um, but more about that in just a moment. Let's see who we've got on the show today. We welcome back Joe. Joe, mate, how are you feeling? We've just said it uh, pre-record. It's um, it's nice to be doing one of these on the back of a win instead of a, a humiliating defeat. Yeah, the good thing about the festive period is there's a quick turnaround in fixtures. Some some of them don't go your way. Arsenal, we, we've had our say um, on that one. And then three days later, we're talking about a 4-1 win in the Premier League, which is amazing. Um, I'm feeling really good today. Um, I love Roberto De Zerbi, and because I love Roberto De Zerbi, I'm wearing my lovely Italian shirt as well in reference. So, yeah, up up the uh, Italian seagulls. Up the Italian seagulls, indeed. We also welcome back Aaron. Aaron, how are you, my friend? Yeah, very well, thank you, Tom. Very well, mate. How about yourself? Are you well? Well, we were back. We're back at school now, and uh, I'm, yes, feeling, yeah. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I won't bore you with the details. Um, <laughs> we also welcome back Curtis. In fact, you know, this is the same lineup we had last time. Curtis, how have you been since we last spoke? Um, you know, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing amazing happened in that time that we. So, uh, no, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm glad to be here as per usual to talk to you, handsome chaps. And you're very handsome as well, Curtis. I always tell everyone you're the handsome one. You can pay me later. Um, yeah, so it's actually quite funny that we've got the same lineup as we had on the last podcast because it will be interesting to see how wildly different our emotions are compared to the last game. Um, so let's dive straight in and let's talk about the starting 11 because I think it was a rather bold starting 11 put out from Roberto De Zerbi. I don't think it was much of a surprise to see Caicedo come back. Um, or perhaps even Joel Veltman. But the other two changes that were big calls were was were dropping uh, Lalana for Sarmiento and Trossar for Ferguson. I mean, Joe, you were raving about Ferguson on our last podcast. Uh, were you pleased to see he, he made the starting 11? Absolutely. Um, as I say, he really impressed me against Arsenal. Um, Sarmiento did as well when he came on. Um, I thought, as you say, it was a bold shout for Sarmiento to come in over Lalana who's been performing exceptionally well this season. Um, quick turnaround of fixtures um, at the moment. Um, so that's probably why um, Lalana sort of uh, played a, a secondary role uh, in this game. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was well-deserved for, for both of them to start. Great to see Kaisoda back in the side. It's very clear to see what he gives us um, when uh, when he's not in the side because you miss him so much. Um, and yeah, to have Ferguson... And leading the line was was spectacular to see. So yeah, all all, all good, um, and uh, hopefully that can continue and we see him start the next one. Yeah, let's certainly hope so. I mean, Aaron, beforehand when we put out our predicted 11s, you made the call about Sarmiento starting. Um, were you a bit surprised, even by your own admission, that uh, he started ahead of the likes of Lalana or Trossar? No, I think fresh legs would what probably what we needed really. Um, you know, seventy-two hours turnaround is is a lot for a, a player of Lalana's you know age. Granted, he is probably the fittest he's been for a while, but this this still probably would have been a lot for him to to even last an hour. I would say. I think I only got one change wrong. I think I put Lamptey in my eleven instead of Veltman. But other than that, ten out of eleven is not too bad. So I'll I'll, I'll happily take that. 
<laughs> yeah, you certainly did better than me. Um, Curtis, just a final word from yourself on the changes. And also, um, we also welcome back Alexis McAllister, who made the bench. Um, how good was it to see our World Cup winner back in our matchday squad? Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. It's just great to see all those guys back that we that we missed in the Arsenal game. I mean, I think it was clear yesterday how integral Caicedo is uh, for our style of play. Um, you know, you can't help but think if he was in that Arsenal game, that might be a lot different, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, seeing McAllister come on, you know, for the for the short amount of time that he did come on, um, it was it was fantastic, so so good. Um, yeah, just really happy, really really happy with everything. Yeah, and let's 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 analyze. I suppose why we're all so happy, Aaron. I'm going to come to you first, mate, because one of the first talking points I wanted just to just to discuss with you guys was uh, the early save from Sanchez. About five minutes in, I think you know Everton showed in the first half, at the beginning of the half and at the end of the half, you know, they did put us under quite a bit of pressure and big uh, Bob made uh, a, a smart stop in about the fifth minute um, where he denied Iwobi, who was found himself in the box with the ball. Um, after his performance against Arsenal, Aaron, how important do you think that was for, for Sanchez's confidence getting in that yeah, early I, I think he started pretty well as well, to be honest. Even with their three couple of corners, he came out and claimed them, crosses, he claimed them. Which helps massively. Your confidence starts to build from there, and it was a good save. It's a save you expect him to make, um, but it would it would have done a hundred would have done his confidence a world of good, with, without a doubt. And I think we'll go on to it later. But I have different views on what happened with the penalty, but we'll go on to that a bit later on. But no, I think that would do his like I said, confidence a world of good, and it looked a bit more settled at the back. It seemed a bit more. Everyone seemed to be on the same page, not unlike the Arsenal game where everyone seemed a little bit off. And it was it was nice to see. Aaron, do you think, um, you know, you say that, I think I, I very much agree with you that the back four seemed a lot more settled. Do you think that's because we've reverted to a, very, a more familiar back four with Veltman coming in? Do you think that might be because Lamptey perhaps enjoys bombing on forward more than Veltman, so there's a bit more security at the back? I think so, and obviously Arsenal and Everton are two two different creatures. You know, Arsenal are very quick on the break, very you know technical. Where Everton are not I'm not saying they're route one, but they're more physical. You know, Calvin Lewin, good in the air, big lad, Tarkovsky, etc. They're all they're all good tall footballers. They they're just strong strong lads. I think that suits our, our, us to the ground. Really, when when they when we're playing teams like that. Uh, even it, you know, even Arsenal to a certain degree, when they started passing it around our defence, we seemed a little bit scared, which we don't really seem to happen very often this year. But yeah, it did. And with Veltman coming in, I think he just shored it up. I just, I just think he just just generally shored the defence up. It felt like there, there was three centre backs and Purvis, you know, instead of having a right wing back, a right back, and a left back, and then just two of them on their own. You know, that's how good Veltnam is. And the fact we got him from under a mill still is an absolute joke, by the way. I, I don't think that gets spoken enough about. Like, it's baffling, generally. Yeah, I think um, Veltman has quickly become one of the first names on the team sheet for me. He's just so dependable, so consistent. And I think he was um, he was definitely in a, in the running for player of the season last season, uh, pipped, of course, by Mark Kukurea. And I think when he's not in the squad, you see... Um, you see what his absence brings, and normally not in a, you know, in a positive way. It's normally uh, we miss him. Uh, um, so yeah, 
I do think I still think Deserby made the right call playing Lamptey against Arsenal. Personally, I think just because the sheer pace of Martinelli, I think he probably would have struggled. Um, but take yeah, take, can't take anything away from Veldham this year, to be honest, or even last night. Yeah, it was absolutely superb. Um, we'll talk about it later, but I bet the back line were absolutely gutted about um, not keeping the clean sheet, but more about that later. Joe, let's talk about um, our man, Karu Matoma. I am once again representing Karu Matoma. I have, I do wash, I promise. But after last night, I couldn't not wear this T-shirt because um, he was sensational in that first half. He had um, you know, an early chance, a lovely ball um, from March in floated into the wards, the back post, uh, Matoma, big, big chance um, to go one nil up. Um, unfortunately he misses. Um, I was a bit disappointed with that with myself. However, that disappointment quickly evaporated Joe with um, an absolute stunning goal. So let's just um, relive that goal, shall we? Because Caicedo's cross field pass for the first goal was absolutely sensational. Um, we've, we, we have to acknowledge that the Everton defender, balls up you know yeah you have to say that because I think he's definitely he's misjudged it but let's not take anything away from that pass because if Kevin De Bruyne had made that pass they'd be going on about it for weeks on match of the day um a lovely crossfield pass Matoma's touch takes him into the box he feigns to shoot then does and finishes with a plum Joe what did you make of that first goal thing is on on Caicedo's pass maybe he fluffed it up because of how much it moves um, because there is an angle in the highlights where you see how much that ball moves um, and that must have been a really hard pass to defend against. So um, I, I I really think that Caicedo deserves all the plaudits for that, to be honest. Um, and let's just talk about how that pass was received. I mean, I don't think I've seen a Brighton player ever do something like that it was just absolutely ridiculous um and there was a, a an article or or a tweet earlier on which i shared with you guys on albion obsessed group chat um that matoma rejected a uh university of uh, uh, professional contract sorry to go to university um and his um assessment was on players movements and he did did his thesis on there and it's actually online if you want to read it um and just seeing that intelligence from a brighton player just to knock it into that space um with the pace uh it's just absolutely unreal like i saw some people comparing it to prime gareth bale um and it was just absolutely insane and the, the finish as well through the defender's legs and we've been screaming for a for a player like Kari Matoma for for so long, probably since Championship knockout. I would say um, he's probably the the player that we all hoped and expected knockout to be in in the Premier League, but that never turned out to be. Um, but yeah, what an option to have going forwards because you just know he's his one aim is to to attack with pace, take defenders on. Um, and and get the ball in the net. And again, that sounds really silly to say that because I see that's the whole aim of football. But you see so often wingers trying to take people on three or four times. It's like just beat the man and get to your target. Um, and and Karim Matoma does that. Um, and we're so lucky to have him uh, in in our side. Yeah, we certainly are. I think you know some of the um, the things that I heard Everton's fans saying. Um, I think Johnny Cantor also put out a tweet saying um, that at halftime some of the Evertonian uh, people in like the where the like the um, 
the media people go. They were raving about him. Um, I would actually go one step further, Joe. I mean, don't I don't want to give across the impression that I dislike Trossard because I don't. But he is becoming the player I hoped Trossard would be when he Trossard was brought in to replace Anthony Notcart. Um, but talking of Anthony Notcart, Aaron, do you think Karu Mutoma is the most exciting player we've had since Anthony Notcart? I think he's got to be up there. I mean, he has to be. Um, you know, he he has at the moment, or is showing at the moment. He, he's got a lot. He's got he's got pace. He's got skill. He's got ability. You know, he he is showing real signs of becoming a world class player. And yeah, again, our scouting system has done absolute wonders yet again. We, we I'm not even trying to even sound big headed, but we probably got one of the best scouting systems in world football, bar none. We we keep finding these gems out absolutely nowhere. And I, I don't again, I don't think it's it's starting to get spoken about, but we've known this for a while that we've got some real talent in our under-23s and pushing around in our first team and never really get mentioned. But now it's just a common common thing. And Matoma is, is, is one of those. He's one of, the, one of the new boys in the block that are actually making an impact. He was good at uh, last year in Belgium. You know, he, everyone was saying, you know, watch out for him, he's going to be good. And obviously we've got another loney out there with that, I can't pronounce his name, Simon Sankrava. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's out there at the moment, and they're saying they're saying he's doing the same thing. He's direct, he's quick, he can finish. You know, we we if like I said last week in the back with the Arsenal podcast, if we lose Trossard, I don't think it'll be the end of the world. I feel like we we've got players coming through, and we'll have the money to sign sign some. We're an attractive club, so why wouldn't they want to come here? But yeah, but Matoma has got to be definitely has to be one of the most exciting players we've got at the club at the moment. Has to be. You know, I think I can see he generally is looking like a well beater at the moment. Yeah, he really is. He's um he's again West Ham about Veltman, one of the first names on the team sheet. I would almost go as far as to say the starting eleven at the moment picks itself. Um, Curtis, I mean, Aaron mentioned there about how our youth system and our scouting system is top notch. Um, one of the one of the gems that we've unearthed here is young Evan Ferguson, who we know, of course, scored against Arsenal. Um, and he made himself an absolute handful against Everton. We will, of course, come on to his goal contribution a bit later. But let's talk about how in the first half, he had a shot that hit the post off, I think it was like a half volley on the turn. I mean, yeah. you've got to have some pretty, you've got to be confident to try that because a lot of players would have taken the touch and then, you know, tried to, to turn their body such. But not Evan Ferguson, first time on the twist. What did you make of his first half performance? Well, me and my brother... Uh, were watching highlights after the game and my brother went, oh, I bet it's nice to have a striker that tries to get goals, you know, actually just takes the shots and stuff. I'm like, yeah, you know, I was like, yeah, I didn't really think about it. Like, like before we've had, we because we have a lot of players who, like Trossard, I'll give you an example of it. He does quite a lot when he's in the box to, to try and get that goal, right? But Ferguson just lumps it, you know, and it's quite refreshing to have a striker that just, t- just takes these shots is not afraid to do it. And um, I, again, I... As you've mentioned, I think it's testament to uh, our academy um, and our uh, scouting systems and stuff. We've got such an exciting young individual coming through who's now scored two in two games. And I I can't see him being dropped either. I mean, who have we got next? We've got a cup game, don't we? Middlesbrough? We've got Middlesbrough in the cup. 
Oh, he's I definitely playing there. Him. I wouldn't start him. You personally. wouldn't? Oh, no. you'd save him for Liverpool, would you? Yeah, I'd save him for Liverpool. <laughs> Actually, that's I mean, more sensible. Yeah. And that's, that's. I mean, I was, Um, I'll hold my hand. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still, Evan Ferguson is obviously a highly rated talent. And I, I have read online today that apparently there was a view to loan him out in January, but that has apparently been scuppered now Good. because of his performances. <laughs> obviously great for us. I'm still slightly wary of putting too much pressure on him too young. Are you worried um, about the the, Con- the Connolly effect? I wouldn't even call it the Connolly effect. I mean, you know, I, yeah, it's that sort of the fear that he might, you know, take it for granted. He seems a lot more down to earth than Connolly Absolutely. from the interviews yeah. and what I've read. But even so, there's still a slight part of me that's a bit sort of, mm, I don't want to put too much pressure on him too young. Because all it takes yeah. is him to have a bad game, fans to get on his back. and so I mean, We'll just have to see how it pans out because like, this, this is the thing, though. Football's quite a weird creature, but like we're all like, um, you know, bigging him up here. But say in the in in a, in a cup game or the Liverpool game, he might not score. He might have a bad game, and then everyone's just on him about it. And he, even though, like, you know, it's a team game, a team performance. You know, if we don't say give these players the chance to get these goals, then they're not going to get the goals. So it's as simple as that, really. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited for him, and that you know, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he's been an absolute revelation. I mean, Joe, I mean, I don't think I did put it on the group chat last night, but, but I was really tempted. Um, I think Evan Ferguson has done more as a centre forward in what? one Well, like in one full game than Welbeck and Trossard have done all season. I mean, am I being a bit, am I getting too hyped up here, Joe? But I just think of like the hold-up play, the, the tenacity to shoot and to have a go. It's not just the goals for me. It's his movement. It's his strength. Do you think I'm getting on the hype train too much? I think with Trossard in that conversation, maybe a little bit too far. Because I think as Trossard's as given... Forward, as a centre forward, I, I stress. Yeah. But it's like, obviously, Trossard as a winger is a different you know, kettle of fish. But as a centre forward... He has had moments, though, where he's played through the centre and done really well for us. Um, I believe he played that role versus Chelsea, did really well. Played that role versus Liverpool away and got a hat trick. Um, so I, I think at the moment, Trossard's in a, a poor reign of form. And I think it's very easy for us to forget about what he's given us. Um, I absolutely get what you're saying about centre forward. Brighton fans, you know, know that he's not the preferred option there. Um, on his day, he can give us everything. Um, but, you know, when he, when he's off it, he's off it. Um, but I think we are right to be excited about Evan Ferguson. Um, we, you know, we, we've not had a striker like this since Glenn Murray, a lot of people are saying. Um, and his his goal was a classic centre-forwards finish and his movement is a classic centre-forwards movement. Um, he drops deep, he looks for the ball, he, he makes runs. Um, he's always, always asking for the, for the ball at his feet. He's not afraid. He's always having shots. There was one shot which just went over the bar um, in the first half, which would have been an absolute screamer. Um, so we're, we're right to be excited. We are. And I think we're allowed to be excited. Um, but I urge people just to give him time if his form is to dip because he's 18 years old. He's not the finished article yet, but he will be if we give him the support needed. 
yeah, I think that's the key word there, Joe, support, isn't it? And it's, um, I'm sure the peop- uh, the club have got loads of people that work with the younger players to keep their feet on the ground, as it were. But no, what a terrific um, you know start to his professional career at Brighton he's had. Um, one thing just before we sort of like round off the half, I suppose, is in the first half hour, and I really, I really appreciated um, the fact that um, Ferguson made a foul to get the uh, the ball out of play when Matoma went down heavily in the box because Everton weren't putting the ball out and Ferguson uh, just clapped, clattered into Gay um, and Everton got all up in his grill about it. And but for me, that shows quite a lot of maturity to you know to put in that professional foul to get the you know the ball out of play. What did you make of that? Yeah, no, I agree. It just it just shows sort of a bit of football intelligence, you know. You just your your mate, teammates down, you're down, the inferior down to ten men, you know. Just concede a foul. It's, yeah, people say oh, it's a cheap foul, but it's a smart foul. It's, it's what they what they call it in the game. It's one of those you know you take one for the team, and I think that it just shows his, his intelligence. He's already shown enough intelligence um, in the last what game and a half than Connolly ever did really and that's no, no disrespect to, to, to Aaron he, he had his good game against Tottenham but he's done very little since then and you know to compare the two is a little bit bit different they're different types of strikers I think Ferguson's a bit more of a you know an old fashioned striker where Connolly's sort of similar to Trossard in a, in a way he's small and quick but Trossard's obviously millions of times better than Connolly. I'm better than Connolly, but that's not the point. Um, but yeah, no, it just shows his football intelligence, and I like that. Yeah, he's um, yeah. We're, we're gonna we're Tom, gonna. Keep... Jo- by the way, I don't know if you saw uh, Joe posted this to the group chat, and this is also for the for the listeners that don't know this. That at aged eighteen years and seventy six days old, Evan Ferguson is now the youngest player to score consecutive Premier League appearances since. Federico, Federico Macheda, I think it is. Macheda. Macheda of Man United. Which yeah. is mad. Was that that's 2007? Cool. 2009. 2009, okay. Mm. I mean, that's just that's just crazy, isn't it? Um, and we're going to keep the Ever, Evan Ferguson love train going. Um, we're going to talk about his goal now, because, again, it all comes, uh, Curtis, from a Caicedo crossfield pass. Some lovely interplay between Matoma and then Stupinian on the left who then threads the ball into Sarmiento, skips away from one of his defenders and then squares it to Ferguson, who who slams it into the roof of the net from eight yards. I mean, just how fantastic must that feel for young Evan Ferguson to get a goal in a game where they're actually winning as well? I mean, and not only that, I think it's really fantastic for, for Jeremy as well, who who uh, was arguably struggling a little bit before that, maybe didn't look quite on it. So for, for him, that will be a huge boost for his you know uh, game. But, you know, excellent just to see these young players kicking on and doing really, really well. And I just think it was a really good team goal. I think everyone did what they needed to do and we got a good a good product out of it. So I was just very happy in that sense. Yeah, and we've been screaming, well, I've been screaming out for a team goal because we see some of these lovely, wonderful moves and then they sometimes don't end in a goal. But it was a perfect way. And I think you're right, Curtis. I think that Sarmiento struggled a little bit in that 10 role. Uh, maybe with his defensive duties a little bit, but it was would have, must be so so fantastic for Jeremy to you know not only to start but also to get an, an assist as well. And again, there's so so many fantastic interchanges and plays involved in that goal. 
And Joe, it sparked off what was it six, seven minutes of absolute madness in which Brighton ran rampant. And it was your boy, Solly March, to make it three. And just before um, the game started, you you shared uh, a tweet that you'd found on, on Twitter um, that says, it says something along the lines of, oh, why is this joker, as in Deserby, still playing Solly March? That, whoever you were, is why he plays Solly March. Joe, talk us through Solly March's um, goal for us then, because it was um, it was a lovely bit of play, and uh, I do did appreciate the fact that he put one of the Everton defenders on the ground. He didn't put him on the ground; he put him to sleep. Tom, I don't. I think he's still there. Um, Tarkovsky, yeah, what a joke of a centre back, by the way. Um, Solly March. Right, what I'll say to the fans that still don't like him, if you're listening to this and you don't like Solly March, drop the agenda, honestly, because I don't know what more the boy has to do to prove that he, he deserves to start in this team and deserves to, to be playing at the highest level possible. I saw people at the start of the season saying, oh, getting out to the championship, get this, that and the other. I, I just don't, I don't understand the thought process, Tom. Uh, behind it that people have, have bantered me before because I've spoken about his work rate being next level but it is he gives so much to this team he gives so much to this football club he's given so much to this football club it's about time that every fan respects what he's done and, and what he continues to do um, and he's only going to get better under Deserby. I said it on the last podcast Solly March under Deserby is just a, a, a different animal um, and he he's now adding goals. It's great. He obviously um, has, has struggled. Um, he he's made it aware that he's been struggling in front of goal. But just look how delighted he is to finally. And yeah, you can say, oh, it's it's the poor defending. It's Tarkovsky not standing up to to the the play. But Solly March puts that fear into them and and just makes them go into a complete frenzy and gets that space to to score the goal. Um, so it's it's so good to see him do well, and every time he does well, I'm just I'm just sat there sipping my tea, none of my business. Um, uh, but yeah, as I say, Tarkovsky's still asleep at Goodison Park. So if anyone's going past there, um, just just pop into the to the uh, 18 yard box and, and wake him up. Yeah, see, I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm I'm not gonna not gonna disagree with the Tarkovsky comment. He does slip. He does slip. And he can't gain his footing back. Hence, why he just it, fucking he just flops. It's it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And, and you, it was you see him afterwards. Don't, 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 don't get me don't get me wrong. Hilarious defending we talk <laughs> yeah. about either. You, honestly, don't, don't you see him wrong. afterwards trying to justify why he did what he did to Pickford. He's like, oh, I was trying to header it away, and it's like you messed of, up. It was very sort of Phil Jones esque sort of defending. And that's not even a dig at Phil Jones, to be very honest. It, it's just some of the comical things that he would do. But he, he does he does slip. He does he does slip. And to be fair, Tarkovsky it is funny. Tarkovsky's been probably one of their best defenders this year, and we've made him look like championship fodder. And Solly yeah. March has done that, so yeah. And Evan welcome. Ferguson, eighteen-year-old Evan Ferguson, made Tarkovsky. And what's the other one? Um, Cody. He made two guys that have played for England look, you know. Did Cody play last night? Yep. I thought, yeah, he did, didn't he? 
Christ. He got absolutely demolished multiple yeah. occasions. Ferguson um, was for, literally sat in between them, and he was just, he was causing havoc. For, for Matoma's goal, honestly, it looks like Cody's running off on holiday. He's so scared. It's so funny. How Cody gets in the England squad ahead of Dunk is just mind-boggling. He went to the World Cup. He went to the World Cup, Tom. You know, I completely um, forgot that until I, I read that last night. The, I was like, oh, yeah, he the, was there, wasn't he? The, the thing is, with, with the whole Dunk comment there, I don't think Dunk should be in the English squad at the moment anyway. I feel like he's played better and not got picked. So I don't think yeah, he's playing at yeah. the best he has been. And I feel like that agenda is now sort of a little bit dead in the war. And that's coming from me, who's the, the massive anti-Southgate fan that I am. I, I I don't blame him for not picking Dunk. Unfortunately, Dunk's. I think I agree. I think that ship sort of sailed. Not, on that yeah, note. not yeah. completely coming completely off topic, by the way, gents. I'd like to point out. But yeah, that's that's my opinion. I feel like that ship is the ship has sailed. I yeah. still think Southgate's a fraud. I don't really care what anyone else thinks. So. No, Aaron, Aaron, tell us what you really think. Aaron, where were you when we had our Christmas episode? I could have used your help. Let's let's let's, let's uh, talk about Brighton, shall we? Let's talk about Sonny March just a little bit more because I, I wanted to pick up on what you just said, Joe, about Sonny March under Roberto De Zerbi. Joe, just really quickly, do you think that since Roberto De Zerbi has come in, it's almost just completely changed the way Sonny March plays? in terms of he's a bit more direct um, and he just seems to be flourishing under the new manager. Do you think he's one of these players that have benefited massively from Potter leaving? Yeah, I think so. I think you you probably see the same struggles in, in Chelsea players that you, Solly March was having, playing Raheem Sterling at, at wing-back or Hakim Ziyech at, at wing-back. It's... Um, it's it's holding them back essentially, and I, probably not getting the confidence from the previous manager to to do what he's doing. And you know, we, we've said it so many times. So many managers have rated Solly March, and that's why he stayed in the Brighton team for so long. Um, but I think De Zerbi is a, a different beast of a manager altogether. Um, we have one hundred percent upgraded from Graham Potter. Chelsea have done us the biggest favour they could have possibly done us. So I. I, I can't remember who said it. I think it was you, Curtis. I'm not even angry at Chelsea anymore. I'm, I'm really not um, because they've done us the biggest favour in in giving us De Zerbi, giving us the, the the Italian mentality. And what he's given to, to our players has just been next level. I honestly, again, this we're, we're 11 Premier League games in uh, under De Zerbi. But I really think he could go on to be even better than what Graham Potter was for us. Um, it's it's a it's an early call, but I, I I think I really think so. And he's given Solly March exactly what he's needed to to go and flourish. And um, I'm just so happy for for Solly because I've I've been his biggest supporter through for every everything. Um, so yeah, it's it's just great to see. And he's justified getting the number seven shirt as well. People were laughing at that. Um, when when he got given number seven, he he's doing the number justice. He certainly is. Thank you for that, Joe. Um, we talked a little bit about the comical defending. Let's talk, Aaron, about one of the most comical free kick uh, routines that you'll ever see from Everton, which led to our fourth goal. Um, free kick comes in, sails over absolutely everyone. Uh, Everton play it back, and then Gay's back pass is I don't even know what he's attempting to do, and. One of the strangest sights in football that you're ever going to see 
is Pascal Gross outpacing anyone. The pace king, everyone. So Pascal, um, he he beats the defender for pace, something that I never thought I'd ever say. Um, and then he just he dinks it. It was a lovely little dink over Pickford. Um, but what an absolute howler from Everton there. I think that just really summed up their night in one passage of play, really. Too casual on the free kick, goes over everyone. Take guy takes out Purvis when he plays the ball back in field. Injuries at Gay, I have I, th- I think so. he passed it so confidently. He was like, Yeah, that's a good pass. And then realizes there's no one around it for about 20 yards, apart from Pascal Gross, who is not the quickest. And the fact is he is full blown Usain Bolt towards a goal and still no one catches him. It's it's baffling. And the, the finish itself, it was a fantastic finish because Pickford doesn't go to ground. Like he makes himself he makes himself big. It's a really, really difficult finish. And he made it look easy. And yeah, the boos when that went in uh, were quite amusing, to be fair. And it was one of those things where I remember me- messaging Ellie going, oh, we're 2-0 up and then 3-0. What the hell is happening? 4-0, what is going on? And just it was just nuts. Just there was, I was sort of laid in bed like, yeah, I'm going to go to bed now. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to win this game. Pad on in the background because I had to get up at stupid o'clock this morning. Um, but yeah, it, it was just really, really just summed up Everton in, in a nutshell. And I think it just sums up Lampard as a manager. In my opinion, I think he's got too big too soon. Should have stayed at Derby when he had the chance to go to Chelsea. I think the whole Chelsea thing screwed him over. Same as Gerard. World class footballers don't make very good managers. It's very rare. Yeah, very rare indeed. And I think um, you know, and it's worth saying that all this stuff we've just talked about happened in the space of about say about six, seven minutes. It was um a complete and utter capitulation from Everton. Um, and I think, as you say, Aaron, that's probably down to the mentality. Perhaps that's just not there from Frank Lampard. He just doesn't have that sort of, I don't know, man management skills to deal with that. But I do think that you know the players need to look at themselves from Everton's perspective because you know, you know, it was it was just shambolic. Um, so that sort of summed up the scoring from our parts. But there's still quite a bit to talk about. One of the things I wanted to talk about, um, Curtis, was some of the substitutions we made. Um, as we've already talked about, we started with Sarmiento and Ferguson, which I think was a really bold call that, you know, Robert, Roberto De Zerbi got absolutely spot on. Um, McAllister came back, which was lovely to see him um, back on the pitch. And CISO came on. And then also Moran came on as well. Um, so we we started with some really young players and we ended with some really young players. And we've, you know, Aaron's already touched upon how good our scouting network is. I mean, how great must it be for these young prospects seeing Ferguson and Sarmiento start, Ferguson score with the assist, as we say, coming from Sarmiento, um, Ferguson then assists March, and then Enciso Moran come on. It's If I was a young player, I'd love to play for Brighton. Absolutely love it, because you can almost guarantee that you're going to get given your chance if you're good enough. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I think it was it was... Uh, a testament to to everything that Deserby did last night. That you know, after 
we were four nil up. He was like, right, let's just chuck on some of the youngsters, you know, and, and the like, World Cup winner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, it's like you, you know, we're Brighton and Albion, we're taking the piss. You know, it's it is essentially that. Like it was just uh, no, but it was really good to see people like, especially Moran play. I mean, he's not someone that I have had much experience to see to see play, but I've seen his name and stuff like that. But I'm I'm, I'm glad that he's still giving chances to young lads to 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 show their quality. And it's it, again, it's just really really exciting time for for us at the moment just seeing these these young talents coming through and yeah it was it was it's really really good it certainly was and talking of young talents i believe the club announced they signed a young irish player uh, just today and again if i was this young player i'd be thinking right i mean we've talked about him but you know aaron connolly's made the squad evan ferguson's made the squad moran's come on to make his first premier league debut at the age of something like 18 17 um, and just really quickly, I heard someone describe him as the Irish Phil Foden. Now, I know that, you know, a lot of these things are, it's the, uh, it's the Brazilian Gascoigne or, you know, it's the, what would they say about uh, Paddy McCourt? It's the Deli Pele, um, you know, so, you know, the, the, I know these things get banded around quite a lot. But, you know, I think he's very highly thought of. Um, so hopefully, you know, we'll see a lot more of him in the future as well, perhaps even against, uh, against Middlesbrough uh, in the Cup. Um, so it was a really, really nice to see that, um, you know, the, the Zerbi's giving these youngsters a chance. I mean, we thought we had it good with Potter, but Zerbi seems to be really bold, which I really, really appreciate. And it could have gone horribly wrong, but it didn't. One thing that didn't go quite as to plan, Joe, was uh, the keeping of the clean sheet. Um, you could almost be forgiven for just forgetting about the rest of the game, almost, because it, it became pedestrian for Albion. They were playing very much in first, second gear. Um we could have probably scored more. Um, eventually, though, uh, Everton did break their way into the box. Purvis Estupinian makes an absolute, you know, absolute howler from Purvis. Uh, Sanchez comes out and then and takes out. I think it was a Wobi. Um, I mean, it was it was poor from Purvis. I, I, it, probably not having seen the replays. You know, probably not all down to Sanchez, but just a bit of a shame. Um, you know, to to not keep that clean sheet. Yeah, massive shame. And obviously, De Zerbi's comments after the game, we know how much of a perfectionist he is. Tom, you said he very much reminds you of a, a certain Gus Poyet, um, always searching for that um, that perfection. And um, it, it's a really good mentality to have, to to install into your players that no matter what, like on, on a different day, that could change the game. Um, if, if we're not 4-0 up and, and you make that mistake, then uh, the, the game could possibly be lost at, at that moment. I think it was quite late on in the game. I, forgive me, I, I can't remember because I, I just turned off and, well, I didn't turn off, I was still watching the game, but sort of mentally switched off from it all because we were just cruising. Was- yeah, it was around like eighty-seven minutes. It was it was yeah. pretty late uh, in the game. But so yeah, you make that mistake at, at nil-nil, you're giving them a penalty, and and whether that happens if you're if you're at nil-nil, but you, you're losing the game. Um, and yeah, it was it was clumsy from Stupinian. Um, something that sort of has to be coached out of him because he does make a few defensive mistakes. Um, excellent going forwards. I give him his credit there. Uh, but yeah, it's just one of those things where when, when you're four, four nil up, you know, I'm not deserving. I'm not looking for the perfection. So I'm like, meh, oh well. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I did say, I said, he reminds me, deservedly, this is, of Gus Perks. Remember, like, in when we were having our League One promotion season, you know, you'd go out and you might win a game, say, 4-2 or something, and Gus would still come out in the post-match and say that he was unhappy. And, you know, Roberto Deserbi did that um, yesterday. He said that the first half wasn't good enough. And you're thinking, well, we came in at 1-0. It could have been 2-0. But, you know, it's the never-ending quest for perfection that I really admire about Deserbi. And now, Aaron, I mean... If you were Sanchez, would you you'd be fuming, wouldn't you, at Purvis? Because Purvis should have dealt with that. Yeah, I would have lost my shit, being pretty honest with you. You just get it out. You're for four nil up. Why? You, I don't know what you're trying to achieve. I, I don't get it. I, I just don't just didn't really understand. And then people say in Sanchez, if Purvis doesn't does his job, Sanchez doesn't make that mistake. And simple as. And it's not even one of those mistakes where you go, oh, you know. He he had to be there. Well, he had he he didn't because Purvis could have quite easily cleared his lines and it wouldn't have happened. But because Purvis is jumping around willy nilly, and the Sanchez has had to come, he knows he's not getting there. As soon as he started, it's going. It's very unlikely he's getting there. But once you've come, you've got to keep going. And yeah, it results in independent, and we all know what happens from there. It's a normal thing. That's we can see. There's six penalties this year, by the way. That's the most in the Premier League, and I'm pretty sure it's been like five penalties in the last like like ten games. It's something ridiculous like that. It feels like we can see the pen like every other game, you know. And it, it's just individual, not even individual errors. It's just just a bit naive defending at times. You know, it's, you know, Dunk's handball, granted it's harsh, but it's handball, you know, against Wolves. Then you've got the Southampton one, still not a penalty for me. I, I You know, I, I get why it's given, but it shouldn't have been given. And then we've got yesterday's one where, I mean, it's Stonewall, I can't really complain about it, but it shouldn't have, it shouldn't have happened. And like Joe said, if that mistake's made at nil-nil, a whole different story. You know, a whole different story. I, I, as as a goalkeeper, conceding it is one of the most frustrating things when you've had absolutely nothing to do all, all game. Like he's had nothing to do for eighty minutes, pretty much, apart from maybe a couple of kicks and a couple of catches. That's it. And then to see one of your defenders make a mistake like that, and then put you in a position that you, you know, you may have to concede a penalty, and he does. Then it's just frustrating. And Sanchez's reaction after that going in, I, I've done the exact same thing after doing nothing all game, but I've somehow conceded. And everyone's like, oh, it's fine. You know, we still won. I don't care. I, I really would not care. Like, for me, a clean sheet is it is better than scoring a goal, you know, winning the game. If I keep a clean sheet and play well, that's all I care about. You know, as, as a goalkeeper, not even being selfish, that's how, how it should be. You know, striker's job is to score goals. Goalkeeper's job is to keep goals out. Yeah, I feel like we're not... Well, Yeah, I'm not surprised. You know, well, there goes their clean sheet bonus for a start. You know, know, times are hard, Thomas. Times are hard. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they must be really hard when you're earning like 60 grand a week. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Jeez. How will they cope, Tom? How will they cope? But... uh, Yeah, I think the reaction is justified of the Zerbi as well, may, uh, may I add. I think... If it's not a bad thing to be a perfectionist, you know, in my opinion, and I think it really did show a different side to him because you you would think he'd be quite pleased, you know, four one win away from home, 
it's probably the first time I've seen him really be like, yeah, no, that wasn't good enough. You know, first half poor, second half very good, ended badly. Like Jesus, he's like, all right, that's 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 what you want to see. Instead of party, it would be the boys gave it everything. We have to suffer. We came here. We had to suffer, but we'll uh, we'll take the positives. Yeah, I, and now the Chelsea fans have to deal with him. It's just outstanding. See, I've seen on Twitter, <laughs> seeing the Twitter meltdown after that Forest game. I'm here for it. Yeah, we we we'll talk we'll talk a bit about um, glow up Graham in just a little while, but really briefly, in my I add, um, just really quickly, guys, I'm going to come to you each in turn. I'm just going to get your man of the match, if I may, and then we're just going to talk a little bit about a couple of things afterwards, um, and then we'll wrap up the episode by looking ahead to Middlesbrough. So, Curtis, I'm going to come to you first, if that's okay. Could I please get your man of the match? See, it's, this is difficult because it's between two individuals for me. I think it's between Caicedo and Matoma for me. Um, I'm probably going to have to give it to Caicedo, I think, because he looked just so impressive yesterday. And I feel like you could have given it to, you know, the goal scorers. Absolutely. I thought Gross had a really good game yesterday too, really understated. Um, but that not that good? Like when, you, when you're struggling to decide because so many of them were really bloody good. Um, but yeah, I'll give it to Caicedo. Very good. Yeah, it was uh, fantastic to see Caicedo back. Uh, Joe, who was your man of the match, please? Oh, this is such a tough question. Um, cool. uh, I'll give it to Evan Ferguson. Um, just because we've got a goal scorer. I'm so happy. Um, I don't want to put too much pressure on him. But uh, yeah, I thought he, he played a, a, a perfect game. Um, as Curtis says, you could give it to literally anyone. Um, so, yeah, Ferguson for me. Very nice, very nice. And finally, Aaron, who was your man of the match, please? Probably we have to go for Matoma, I think. I think he he played very He, he was a, the, the catalyst to start everything off. Um, Honourable mentions to, to, to Caicedo and obviously Ferguson. I think Ferguson... You know, he's very, very close second for that. I think his hold-up play was class. It's, it's something we've been missing. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter saying, you know, he's, he, we finally found our Glenn Murray replacement. It's just taken four years, but we finally got one. Uh, you know, and again, don't want to put any pressure on him at all. But he would be Brighton's Premier League all-time goal scorer. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? We, we When we spoke to Peter Ward, I, I, I asked him how he felt about how every striker since has been compared to Peter Ward. And since Murray, every striker since has been compared to Murray. And as you say, like it finally looks like we found someone who's in that same mould. And Evan is my man of the match as well, just because I think to come in at 18 and to make two international you know, centre-backs, as you say, Aaron, look, championship is... Uh, I mean, I know Everton are going through a lot of problems there, but even so, they just held City to a draw and Evan Ferguson comes along and causes them all sorts of problems. But no, Matoma, Caicedo, excellent. Gross, as you say, Curtis, very understated, but I'm going to have to give it to Evan just for you know an absolute fantastic match for the young man. I mean, absolutely brilliant. And this comes on to the first... Ooh, what, what, what am I looking at? Oh, yeah, what a, what a lovely picture that is, Curtis. 
<laughs> what a lovely picture. Um, so let's talk, boys, um, really quick, just before we um, we look ahead to Middlesbrough, if we can, about two things I want to chat to you about. So the first one is a stat that Andy Naylor tweeted out last night. And it's a stat that I was like, I just couldn't believe. Um, bearing in mind that for a long time, you know, a lot of the pundits, even myself, has said, oh, Brighton need a goal scorer. Brighton don't score enough goals. In the last six Premier League games, seven different players have been on the score sheet and we have scored 17 goals. So that's the stat. And then this is the talking point. Since Roberto De Zerbi's come in, Joe, you say 11, 11 games? Yeah. In those 11 games, can we? is it too early to say that maybe the reason we didn't score goals was because of a certain Graham Potter. Yes. I love it. No beating around the bush from Aaron. Just simply yes. I, Joe, what I, 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 myself. I think with, without playing, you know, now we're playing, now we're playing wingers and actual wingers, not wing backs. And I think that's made a massive difference. It's made us a goal scoring threat from either side. It's made our strikers actually play more of as a, a, a free instead of just a lone man with wing backs bombing on. It, it's made it's made a difference. I'm not saying Pot, it's Potter's, you know, was being negative. It's it's just the way he set it up, and it's the way he set it up. It worked. It worked. We're not. We can't sit here and say no. It didn't work. You know. Do we still need a goal scorer? Yes. I, I even stats won't last forever. You know, it's nice to finally get goals from elsewhere than up front. But at the end of the day, we still do need a striker. You know, that's my personal opinion. Nothing's not slating folk, not going to, you know, slander Ferguson, Welbeck, etc. But if one of them gets injured like Welbeck, then we're just down to Ferguson and Trossard. Ferguson's 18. Wow. Trossard's a winger. We still need another striker. Yeah, we we just do. It's just not fair on on putting the pressure on an eighteen year old and, and a winger slash striker. It's just it, that's my personal opinion. Other people may f- find that different. That wasn't me. Just saying. I don't know what the hell that was. Uh, what is happening in this household? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Everton family animals out there. <laughs> um, Please keep. Yeah, moving. it's just. If Aaron's just, not on the next podcast, you know why. Yeah, we know why. I'm gonna get murdered. He's been in my sleep. killed. Chance, chance will be a fine fucking thing, I tell you, Christ. Um, yeah, that, that's my opinion. But I mean, you're a striker, so I, I, I'll stand by that. Good skills, good skills. I mean, Joe, really quickly then. Um, that stat: seventeen goals, last six Premier League games, high-scoring games. Um, We've spoken already about how we think that De Zerbi has elevated this squad. Do you think almost Graham Potter was holding us back? As mad as that is to say? Uh, I, uh, oh, Aaron's gone. Um, see, I, I don't... Right, we, we can sit here and we can we can slate Graham Potter. Now he's gone and we, he, he left in the way he did. He gave us a really good foundation. He got us playing some really lovely football. He got us some fantastic results. Aaron is back. Let me add him. Um, and yeah, I, I don't think we can sit here and say, oh, he was he was holding us back. I think the right thing to say is what you just said, Tom. Deserby has elevated us. He, he's he's taken that next step, just like Graham Potter elevated us from Chris Hutton. Um, 
So I, I, I don't think it's overly fair for us to sit here and say, yeah, Graham Potter, um, he wasn't ever going to take us any further because before he left, we were playing some fantastic football. We were scoring goals um, and and life was good. And, you know, our reaction when he left was, how are we ever going to move on from this? What are we going to do? Um, but now we've got the Zerbi. He's taken us to a new level and and, and life is, is amazing. So, um, yeah, I, I think... All the credit has to go to Roberto De Zerbi for for picking up a squad that were fourth in the Premier League, um, and and just running with it. Definitely, um, and Curtis, really quickly, you know, same sort of um, tone of question, I suppose. De Zerbi, has he elevated this squad? And do you feel similar to Aaron how that change of perhaps style and formation has really benefited the team? I mean, kind of a boring response, but I, I, you know, have to echo a lot of what Joe and what Aaron was saying. I just feel like um, Deserby took what we already had, and that was a really good foundation, as Joe mentioned, a lot of really good players. And you know what Aaron said, uh, he actually utilised a, a different game plan and utilising wingers and and the like, and and it's really really worked for us. And yeah, like Joe said, he's just he's just taken what we had and he's he's put it up a gear, and it's it's really paying off for us. So you know. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, you know, Graham uh, was the problem, but, you know, he certainly wasn't the solution to some of our issues either. So. I'll tell you what, though, I was actually genuinely worried when when we um, when the name of Roberto De Zerbi was was mentioned, and I looked him up and I saw his preferred formation, etc. Um, I was genuinely worried that he wanted to play or or prefers to play four at the back. Because we we know how much that doesn't or or didn't work under Graham Potter, um, and I was wondering, do we have the players to play his system? Um, and he's come in, and, and and within within a few games, he's got us playing exactly the way he wants us to play football. Um, from a fan's perspective, obviously, from his perspective, he wants to carry on improving, improve, improve. Um, but we're seeing some amazing football, amazing goals, amazing games. Um, so, yeah, hats off to him for, for turning a system which Graham Potter tried to utilise sometimes into uh, some incredible match-winning performances. I think there has generally been a trend um, this season, especially of going away from a back three and going more towards a back four, because we saw it for a couple of seasons, you know, back three, back five, whatever you want to call it. But now that's happening less and less. And, um, you know, credit to Deserby for having the courage to do that. Because as you say, Joe, for for a long time under Potter, whenever we played a back four, we were like, no, nah, we can't play a back four. We can't do it. Um, and I'll just echo what I said. Only at home. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll just echo really briefly what I said um, when I had the the pleasure of chatting to Five Live this morning about the game last night. And I'll just echo that what I said there about how if you had told me this a few months ago, straight after Graham Potter's uh, you know departure, I I would have thought you were lying. I you know I, I genuinely, as you say, Joe, I couldn't see how someone could come in and do better. But I think we found that man in Roberto De Zerbi. Um, just as we approach the hour then, gents, let's um, let's really briefly look ahead to our next game, which is against Middlesbrough in the Cup. Um, Joe, would you start um, a strong side, keep that momentum going, or would you be more inclined to play, uh, for want of a better phrase, the kids? Um, I would start a strong team. 
Um, I th- we've got uh, obviously um, a, a few days break now uh, leading up to to the the fixture, and then after that we've got a week until Liverpool. Um, so I I think it's only right to keep that momentum going. Um, maybe there might be a few changes like Lamptey coming in rather than Veltman, Lalana coming back into the side. Um, but I think it's really important to keep that core squad and and to keep that momentum going. Okay, same question to you, Aaron. Would you be tempted to make changes? And if you are tempted to make changes, what changes would they be? Uh, yeah, I probably would like to go strong, personally. Um, I think Byron, a great run of form. I think Carrick's done a great job since he's taken over him. They were relegation fodder when he came in and now they're outside the playoffs, suggesting it, I think, if I remember rightly. And, you know, they're going to be flying. They're going to be confident. It would make sense to go strong. We've got time, we've got, a whole week before the Liverpool game. Why not keep keep the momentum going? Keep the you know the match fitness up for from the World Cup. Maybe like Joe said, a handful of changes, but nothing too too major. I, I would probably still wouldn't start Lallana. I'd probably give Moran a start personally, and and still, obviously being the cup keeper. But other than that, I wouldn't change much else. I'll keep in, you know, I'll start Lamptey, Dunk. Caldwell and Purvis, and then pretty much give McAllister a start, give him some fitness back in. Just just general odds and sods, really nothing major. I don't think it needs to be major changes, but just enough that, you know, it gives some of the, the players a bit of rest, but also keeps other players in and around the bench still matched up. Very good, very good. And final, finally, Curtis, uh, what are your opinions on it? Same question. Strong, kids, where do you stand? I mean, after the Charlton result, you know, I hope we go out there and we really take it to them with a good, strong squad. I mean, that was so disappointing, you know. And uh, you, you hear, like, the ambition, uh, you know, from the players and uh, talking about wanting to win some trophies at some point. And you heard Paul Barber, I think, talking about that as well. And I think that would be fantastic for us to really, really give this a really good go. So I hope that we put a good, strong squad out. And, and I agree with what Aaron was saying. You know, it'd be it would be good to mix in some of the youth in there and and uh, just just really go for it. Take take the ball by the horns, as they say. Like it, like it. Um, for what it's worth, I'd probably make changes, but I probably wouldn't make wholesale changes. I'd probably start Steel, um, Lamptey. Uh, potentially Webster and Welbeck if they were fit. Um, I'd start McAllister, get those minutes in those legs, Gilmore perhaps, and CISO, Sarmiento, Ferguson. You know, I think, you know, I'd still go strong, but I perhaps would rest Solly March, Matoma. I'm not um, sure if I would start Webster over Colwell, though. Just so if, if Webster... Yeah is fit to play it's just to get his minutes in the legs because we've oh, seen Webster returning fair. from injury injury before and he's been rusty 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 so it's just to get um, those minutes in those legs can i also point out we're coming up against well renowned ex former brighton striker ex and former mean the same thing joe shut up um tuba akpom yeah uh, club legend so he's uh yeah he's probably going to score <laughs> He's also wanted by Palace as well, and Bournemouth due back on much of that today. They get yeah, they, well, they get linked with our trash, so that's funny. It is funny. I mean, if that's the sort of calibre of striker they want to bring in, then more power to them. Um, 
anyway, we move. We'll see what happens against Middlesbrough. Um, and we'll see what Deserby thinks, um, obviously. Let us know in the comments section below how you would start against Middlesbrough. Would you go strong or would you play some of the fringe and youth players? Also, let us know who you thought was the man of the match against Everton and any other general thoughts you have against how Roberto Deserby is doing. And finally, from us at Albion Obsessed Podcast, Joe... Why have you got your hand up? Why do you always have to ruin my outro? Because I like to. Um, Solly March is the goat. Uh, Curtis? Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok, where we're really boosting our content over on those two uh, social media bits. Yeah. Uh, uh, me and Aaron have taken the helm of those, and we're beating it into submission, so... Get ready for some really good content coming from those two. Yeah, check out the Albion Obsessed socials um, for all the amazing content that is coming out at the moment. Um, all that's left to be said then, finally, Joe, God, is everyone here at Albion Obsessed Podcast wishes you a pleasant day, evening, wherever you may be, whenever you may be. Take care, and we'll see you next time. Peace.